0: It's the Mark Stein Show. Passover, according to disposition. Before we get to any of that, a word about Fox's new show at 7 p.m. Eastern uh, on weeknights, Fox News primetime. Uh, as you know, that show doesn't really have a host, so there have been a few of us circulating through the thing. Maria Badiromo, Brian Kilmeade, yours truly, and people seem very excited. As to who's going to get the gig, even the great one, Mark Levin, is excited by it. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. You know, I've been tough on Trey Gowdy and his hair, don't you think, Mr. Producer? That said, when he was doing that uh, 7 p.m. show on Fox for a while as a tryout, I thought he did pretty damn well, quite frankly. I thought Trey Gowdy did pretty damn well. You know, he doesn't pretend he's Henny Youngman with a uh, quasi-British accent. I'm not putting anyone down, I'm just making a point. So I thought he was quite good. Uh, And uh, you'll see how it plays out. Who knows? Henny Youngman with a quasi-British accent, quasi-British accent. Quasi-quasi, which is the quasi-British way to say it? Anyway, however you say it, what a revolting concept. Henny Youngman with a quasi-British accent. I wonder who Mark Levin is thinking of. As he says, he's not putting anyone down. He's just making a point. But it's uh, odd how... uh, Coy, the great one, gets with certain subjects as a renowned straight shooter. Perhaps he'll make the point more clearly next time, maybe uh, on his radio or TV show in the next couple of days. Henny Youngman, you know, was actually born in London, London, England, so he maybe had a quasi-quasi accent for a while. Famed, famed for saying, ''Take my wife, please.'' Always on a diet Say my wife got a new diet now Coconuts and bananas She hasn't lost any weight But can she climb a tree? <laughs> she said she was a light eater That's right As soon as it's light She starts to eat <coughs> She's tried metrical, Safflower oil Now she eats nothing But Limburger cheese and garlic You can't get near her So but a distance She looks thinner <laughs> My wife went to the beauty parlor She got a mud pack For two days she looked nice Then the mud fell off. (laughs) She puts that cold cream all over her face. She says, kiss me. I said, take me to your leader. (laughs) That's the way she looks in the morning. She ran after the garbage man. Am I too late for the garbage? She says, no, jump in. It's funny. The longer his act goes on, the more Henny Youngman's accent Sounds like Mark Levin's to me. Take my constitution, please. I think they already have. Anyway, this is my way of saying that in lieu of Henny Youngman with a quasi-quasi-British accent, I will be back on Fox. Yeah, no Henny Youngman, just me. All next week, starting Easter Monday, as I don't think they say in the United States, uh, so just plain old regular Monday, At 7 p.m. Eastern. Hope you'll dial us up between now and next Friday if you are in the vicinity of the receiving apparatus. Okay, let's get to it. In a Christendom in lockdown for a second Easter, the hallelujahs and hosannas will be muted this Sunday. And not just in the province of New Brunswick, where all unmasked singing is forbidden. We are all masked singers now. In Spain, hymn books are banned, but church leaders did reject a proposal that the entirety of Easter be postponed Till the end of April, and they replace Good Friday with a Good Tuesday or whatever it is at the end of April. In Ireland, there are no worship services now or in the foreseeable future. If you do hold a church service... You'll be fined 500 euros as Father P.J. Hughes of Mullahoran in County Cavan was for saying mass in front of 40 congregants. Or you'll be arrested in mid-service, as was Pastor Sean Cronin. While speaking at Abundant Grace Church in Ringsend, just south of Dublin city centre, the police, quote, marched right up to the pulpit, says the pastor, and ordered him to end the service immediately, although they did permit him to cut to the closing prayer. Pastor Cronin says, quote, One of the officers struck me. He midriffed me. The guarders say any attempt to re-enter the church will be met by policemen at the door. As for Father Hughes in Mullahoran, he declares he'll go to prison rather than pay the fine. The Bishop of Waterford and Lismore, Alphonsus Cullinan, says, quote, I must speak out to represent the voices of a very large cohort of people who are growing increasingly weary of being unable to attend mass and whose spiritual and mental well-being is being eroded. In Northern Ireland, on the other hand, Good Friday marks the return to in-person worship. There is less state tyranny. Against the Catholic religion, north of the border than south, who'd have thunk it? In Norway, all churches are closed and all services cancelled. In Slovakia, a total ban on public worship is in effect till the end of April but some church leaders are appealing to the Constitutional Court. In Greece, churches are open only for private prayer, although for cathedrals up to 20 persons are permitted in the building at any one time. Loudspeakers are banned to prevent people gathering for outdoor services. In Italy, the government has declared the entire country a red zone, through the end of Easter Monday. In the Netherlands, church services are limited to 30 people, reservations required. But in neighbouring Belgium, the maximum is 15. For purposes of comparison, in South Africa, the government is restricting church attendance to 250 people for indoor services and 500 outdoors. In British Columbia, where persons living alone can meet with a maximum of two people, people, and where persons not living alone can't meet with anyone outside their household. All indoor worship services are forbidden. South of the border in California, where the Supreme Court overturned prohibitions on church services, you may need to make a reservation in San Francisco and elsewhere if you wish to attend on Easter morning. You want some good news? In Germany, The government announced the strictest lockdown to date from Maundy Thursday to Easter Monday, killing all public worship. But after pushback from the churches, resurrecting it just a day later, the Chancellor, Angela Merkel, revoked the ban and said, This mistake is mine alone. But the bad news across Christendom on this second Easter of ChiCom 19 is that the churches blew the pandemic big time. If ever there were an opportunity for religious ministry, a world in which everything else is dead, movies, sports, shows, concerts, restaurants, work, social life outside one's household, was surely it. When to modify Matthew Arnold in Dover Beach... Uh, The very first of our Mark Stein video poems. If you haven't yet seen it, do check it out. Uh, But per Matthew Arnold, when suddenly the great tide of consumerist secular distractions recede in one instant melancholy, withdrawing roar, what an opportunity to fill that hole. The hole in the soul of our dying civilization. To fill that hole with the Sea of Faith. And yet, what an opportunity missed! That useless social justice pontiff in the Vatican just bleated his usual drivel about climate change. Uh, Chai 19 is apparently God's way of telling us to ease up on destroying the planet. Really? By rewarding the godless Politburo for turning the Yangtze into a colour no river has ever been in human history? That's part of God's plan, is it? And the even more useless bishops of the Church of England became hideously politicised lockdown fanatics piling on with the lefty media to berate Boris Johnson's conciliary for daring to drive his sick kid to stay with his grandparents. This time last year, the Archbishop of Canterbury, the wretched Justin Welby, was setting a good example and Zooming it in for Easter. The C of E rolled the stone in front of every church door with predictable consequences. There's no collection plate in a Zoom service, is there? In the Diocese of Chelmsford, Essex, 61 clergy have just been laid off. Vickers on the dole. Maybe they can be retrained for those exciting green jobs Joe Biden's always going on about. And what of America? Last country in the core West with mass church attendance? No, it did have before a year of the woo flu. Gallup started polling US church membership in the 1930s and it was always the most boring poll they did because until the turn of the millennium it was basically always somewhere in the 70s percentage wise since the year 2000 it's now fallen to an all-time low just 47 percent of americans say they are members of a church uh, or synagogue uh, or mosque Uh, thank allah the imams of dearborn michigan keeping that number as high as 47%. So, muted hosannas from mass singers, fined priests, arrested pastors, and a huge opportunity lost to fill that hole in the soul of Christendom. But on this show, we shall have a bit of muscular Christianity for you in just a bit. Meanwhile... From the land where the overwhelming majority of Bibles are now printed because, according to the Washington Post, quote, of the specialised technology and skills they require to produce and uh, Christendom apparently no longer has the technology and skills to print a Bible. Uh, so from the land where your Bible is printed. Chinaman, man. China man. Friendly neighborhood Chinaman Spins a web round the globe While you're calling Rand Paul transphobe Look out, here comes the Chinaman Is he strong? Listen bud He's got Wuhan infusion blood Is he cruel? Ask a Uyghur Global Muslim complaints, give they dig Don't mess with the Chinaman In the chill of night, in your best Guarded Labs, it's your copyright, but he's in, and he grabs, China man, China man, Hong Kong's gone up next Taiwan, can he buy anyone, let's ask Mr. Joe Biden's son, too late, turns out the guy you prayed for, already bought and paid for, he's just a China man, whoa, oh. Okay, that's enough of that. My view is this there are now over two and a half million COVID deaths worldwide, and a million of those came in the first three months of this year, so the corpse count is accelerating. That's why governments keep using war lingo. Uh, We're on a war footing, we have to fight this like a war. Uh, We are at war said uh, Monsieur le Président uh, Emmanuel Macron last year. Uh, This war's far from won, said uh, old Joe Biden uh, this year, and yet with very few exceptions. Uh, Florida, Sweden, Estonia, a couple of other places, Western governments have chosen principally to wage war on their own citizens and their liberties because it's apparently easier to blow up your economy and trash core freedoms than it is to take action against Chairman Xi and the regime that weaponized this virus and exported it to every corner of the globe. China is now in the Andrew Cuomo position. Sure, there were a few wobbly moments a while back when these mouthy broads like Australia were complaining of Chairman Xi's unwanted and infectious advances. But it's Chinatown, Jake, and the storm has passed. How do you know? The Politburo is confident there will be no price to pay because while every major power is still busy with moving from modified lockdown to amended lockdown, back to full lockdown with the possibility of lockdown light on and on uh, the lockdown hokey pokey, hokey cokey, uh, now and forever, China is tearing up the Sino British Treaty on Hong Kong in broad daylight. They got away last year with making Hong Kong subject to Chinese quote unquote justice. Now they've reduced the number of democratically elected seats in the Hong Kong legislature. The territory's constitution provides for a legislative council of 70 seats, equally divided between 35 democratically elected members and 35 appointed members. Appointed, that is, with the approval of Beijing. Now, Chairman Xi has increased the size of the council to 90. He's added another 20 seats, but he's shrunk the number of democratically elected members to 20. Uh, So starting with December's elections, the democratic voice in Hong Kong politics will be reduced from 50 percent to 22 percent, if that, because only quote unquote patriots will now be allowed to sit in the Hong Kong legislature. They're doing this in full view of the world because they know that if the world Uh, cannot muster itself to punish China for killing two and a half million people, it certainly isn't going to do anything uh, to stop them throttling Hong Kong. It's April. We are three months away from the centennial celebrations of the Chinese Communist Party, and uh, they're all trying to figure out the perfect birthday present for Chairman Xi. What do you give the man who has or soon will have, everything. Mark Stein is breathing new life into death. The Mark Stein Club is proud to present a new weekly audio special, a serialization of Mark Stein's passing parade. Tune in every Saturday as Mark shares obituaries and appreciations for folks from Ronald Reagan and the Queen Mum to Ray Charles and the guy who invented Cool Whip, exclusively for members of the Mark Stein Club. Find out more by going to www.steinonline.com. Keep up to date with the past on the Hundred Years Ago show with Mark Stein. A neutral peasant republic, a Catholic Lord Lieutenant, and a king throws in the towel. It's April 1921. A hundred years from today. news update, the messy aftermath of the Great War continues following the evacuation of prominent Mensheviks from the Crimea to Constantinople. A so-called Russian council has been set up in Turkey as a government in exile. Its chairman is Pyotr Wrangel, the black baron of the White Army and the subject of this Red Army marching song. Do you like these new republics? They're springing up everywhere. Croatia's Republican Peasant Party, which dislikes being part of the new kingdom of Serbs, Croats and Slovenes, has now promulgated a constitution for the neutral peasant republic of Croatia. That has a distinctive ring to it. In Persia, Colonel Mohammed. Taki Peshin has overthrown the Shah's governor for Khorasan, Ahmed Kavan, and proclaimed the autonomous government of Khorasan. In an age of neutral peasant republics and autonomous governments, monarchical restoration is not going well. His formerly imperial and royal apostolic majesty, Emperor Karl, the last Habsburg to reign in Vienna, has abandoned his attempt to reclaim his Hungarian throne as King Karoy IV after opposition from the victorious allies and his former subjects in what is now Czechoslovakia, and after a very chilly from Admiral Horty and other political figures in Budapest. Zaglul Pasha, the former Minister of Justice and advocate of Egyptian independence, was exiled to Malta by British authorities. He has just returned to Cairo to a rapturous reception from the locals. Great Britain does not need any more restive populations at the moment. In London, the Parliamentary Secretary to the Treasury, Lord Edmund Talbot, has been appointed Viscount French's successor as Lord Lieutenant of Ireland and has been raised to the peerage himself as Viscount Fitz-Allen. He is the first Roman Catholic to serve as Lord Lieutenant since 1685. The United States is not part of the League of Nations and has quit the Allied Supreme Council. Nevertheless, the Cabinet of President Harding has issued a statement announcing that as individuals... Its members are in sympathy with the Allied powers in Europe regarding Germany's failure to pay reparations. The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, that's not like the Cabinet of Mr. Harding, but a somewhat notorious German photoplay. The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari has opened in the United States at the Capitol Theatre in New York and is already thrilling American filmgoers as it did Europeans. Wait. Till you get them up in the air, boys, wait till you get them up in the air, you can make them hug and squeeze you too, or if they don't just say you won't come down until they do, so wait till you get them up in the clouds, boys, there won't be anyone to watch you there, When you get her way up high, have all the fun you can. There never was a girl who'd fall that far for any man. So wait till you get them up in the air, boy. Up, 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 way up in the air. The French aviatrix Adrienne Bolon has been up in the air, boys. She took off in her Codron G3 from Mendoza in the Argentine. Wait till you get them up in the air, boys. Up, 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 way up in the air. She has now landed in Santiago, Chile. and thus successfully completed the first flight across the Andes by a woman. In the Belgian Congo, a self-proclaimed religious leader called Simon Kimbangu is reported to have brought a man back from the dead. Congolese authorities, as well as the Catholic and Protestant churches, are said to be concerned by the popularity of his ministry. In sports news, the 1921 Stanley Cup has been won by the 1920 champions, the Ottawa Senators. They won the fifth game by two goals to one over the Vancouver Millionaires to take the series 3-2-2. The Senators are the first team to win two Stanley Cups in succession since the 1912-1913 Quebec Bulldogs. Edmund Cogswell Converse was a financier First president of Bankers Trust, founder of United States Steel, one-time president of the Pittsburgh Alleghenies baseball team and proprietor of Conyers Farms, the spectacular Greenwich, Connecticut estate. With its own 40 foot clock tower and a $50,000 pipe organ, in what is said to be the finest music room in America. He has died at the age of 72 at the Huntington Hotel in Pasadena, California. The official cause is a heart attack, but there are rumours that he was murdered. The rest of the army's Inky, dinky, funny blue What well, has become of Inky, dinky, funny blue Haven't you told your wife about The bunch of girls you knew You must have told your wife No doubt I bet you left a lot of it out Pinky, dinky, parlez-vous? Sprechen Sie Deutsch? parli Italiano? Well, if you do, it might well be because of Maximilian Berlitz, the German linguist who founded the Berlitz language schools. His method was to use only the language being taught with no translation whatsoever, and among his pupils was the late ruler of Germany, Kaiser Wilhelm, whom he taught to speak English. Herr Berlitz is dead at the age of 68. Rest in peace, ruhe in Frieden, repose on pay, repose in pace. And that's the way of the world, April 1921. A hundred years from today Oh, you know what this music means. Mark's mailbox is on the air. Peter writes. Peter says, "Uh, The questions I don't hear anyone asking is if millions of sheeple have received the China flu vaccine and are deemed safe... What about the millions more people who have had the China flu itself and survived? Aren't they also immune from further infection, having the far superior naturally made antibodies in their system? Are they required to keep masking up? Will their travel be restricted because they don't have the golden vaccine passport? Will we lose our jobs because we don't have the golden vaccine passport, but recovered from the China flu. I've avoided testing because I don't want to be entered into the fast-growing database the government is building to track its citizens. If they track you, they can find you. If they find you, they can round you up and contain you. Looks like Logan's run time. Well, Peter, many people have compared these so-called vaccine passports to China's social credit scores. Essentially, if you live your life as the state desires, you will have a greater latitude than those who do not. But, you know, China isn't really uh, the first to come up with that Um as I mentioned, I think in either America alone or after America, one of them, access to health care in many places is determined by your, quote, lifestyle choices. Under England's National Health Service, smokers in Manchester have been denied treatment for heart disease and the obese in Suffolk refused hip and knee replacements. Patricia Hewitt, the health secretary in Mr Blair's ministry, she's uh, Australian. For our listeners down under, she's the uh, daughter of Sir Lennox Hewitt, the one-time chairman of Qantas, who died last year. Pleasant lady. I had brunch with her after the David Frost show a very long time ago. Anyway, Patricia Hewitt declared that it's appropriate to decline treatment... To patients on the basis of lifestyle choices, these are all a bit arbitrary, of course. Smokers and the obese—sure, let's kick them out. But if a gay guy is having condomless sex with multiple partners, it's hey, let's let's not be judgmental about that. Um, so Patricia Hewitt took it as read that access to health treatments should be conditioned on your lifestyle. Chaicom 19 has merely put the cart before the horse. Uh, In this brave new world, access to your lifestyle is conditioned on health treatments, freedom of movement, the right to board a plane uh, may depend on a vaccine passport, the right to work. Uh, As Peter mentioned, a waitress in New York was fired for refusing to take the vaccine because she wants to have a baby and she's concerned it could make her infertile. That's as basic a legal question as any. Does the state... Or your employer have the right to order you to put something in your body in order to participate in daily life. Well, well, you know, it's a science. Come on, what's the big deal? Except, as Peter points out, what about the millions and millions of people with antibodies? As far as I know, they're not even keeping official numbers on that or not uh, terribly scientific numbers. I I had the antibodies test last year when I was trying to bust into a certain country uh, I had to get to. Uh, As it turned out, I didn't have the antibodies, but it would have been useful to know, not just for me, but for the state. Indeed, it might be the most useful metric in public health terms. But now no one even talks about that very much. And... um, I'm not, I'm not even sure it's gotten any easier to get the antibodies test. I said on Tucker that freedom of movement is kaput in the Western world. And I think that's a conscious choice by uh, these governments because they're all broke. A year after deliberately tanking the global economy, every nation is mired in debt including, of course, the brokest nation in the history of brokenness, the United States, which is about to shove through a huge tax increase. And restricting freedom of movement assists that. After all, if you're just hanging around the house or within a three-mile radius of the house, as in Ireland, uh, you know, you don't need money for a vacation in the Bahamas or for a fancy car to drive you somewhere you're not allowed to go. It's easier, isn't it? Uh, just to give it up to the government for COVID mitigation measures. But as Peter says, that's just the start. There has also been, uh, in this period, a massive contraction in privacy, or privacy, however you say it, wherever you happen to be. And in particular, medical privacy, or privacy, is over. Uh, We will be told, oh, don't you worry, the vaccine passport just enables them to track your COVID status, It doesn't mean they know about that embarrassing boil in a hard-to-reach spot that you had to get removed last year. But come on, we know how this goes. Patricia Hewitt, standing on her head. Your health status now determines access to your life. Mark Stein's poem of the week. A poem for Easter, poem for Easter. Last year we went with T.S. Eliot for all you moderns. So this year I thought we'd go way back to William Dunbar, the Scots Bard, at the court of King James IV in the early 16th century. And it's hard to resist this poem once you've alighted on its splendid and memorable first line, Dun is a battle on the dragon black. This is a resurrection with Christ as a crusader knight, locked in battle with a satanic dragon. Muscular Christianity, if you like, and in our wimpy times, I do like, and think we can always use a bit more of, onward Christian soldiers, uh, which to the horror of uh, Sir Arthur Sullivan and Mrs. Baring Gould, I'm sure, was boldlerized pitifully as Onward Christian Peoples, the last time I heard it sung in church. Anyway, here's Mr Dunbar's account of the epic battle of Easter. I couldn't find a translation into modern English that I cared for, so I wound up doing one myself. The words are uh, almost all his, from Scotland, circa 1600, but I junked uh, the impenetrable Middle English archaisms, or... Middle English via Middle Scotland, and I tried to keep his rather fiendish rhyme scheme, uh, so just a tweak here and there. And I have, of course, preserved the Latin that closes each verse, so Dominus de where the Lord is risen from the tomb. Over 400 years old, by William Dunbar, "Done is the battle on the dragon black. Done is the battle on the dragon black. Our champion Christ confounded his dark gaze. The gatehouse of hell is broken with a crack. The sign triumphal of the cross shall raise. The devil is tremulous in hideous days. The souls shall be released and to their bliss can go. Because Christ with his blood... Our own ransom pays. Serexit Dominus, De Sepulcro. Vanquished is the deadly dragon Lucifer, The cruel serpent with his fatal prong, The old keen tiger with his teeth astir, The beast who has lain in wait for us so long, Thinking to grip us in his claws so strong. The merciful Lord would that it were not so. He made Satan still his siren song. Serexit dominus de crow. He for our own sake that suffered to be slain, and like a lamb in sacrificial rite, is, like a lion, risen up again, and as a giant stood at his full height, a risen aurora, radiant and bright, on high is gone the glorious Apollo, the blissful day, departed from the night, Serexit Dominus de Sepulchro. The great victor again is risen on high, who for our sins to the death was hounded. The sun that waxed pale now shines in the sky, and darkness clears with our faith refounded. The knell of mercy from the heaven is sounded. The Christian are delivered of their woe. The Jews and their error are but confounded." Serexit Dominus, De crow; The foe is chased and the battle shall cease. The prison broken, the jailers fled and unschemed. The weariness gone, confirmed is the peace. The fetters are loosened in the dungeon that teemed. The ransom made and each prisoner redeemed. The field is won Overcome is the foe, despoiled of the treasure that he esteemed. Surrexit, Dominus, de crow. A poem from me to you this Easter by William Dunbar. Done is the battle on the dragon black. And uh, that couplet about the uh, Christians being delivered of their woe and the Jews and their error uh, being but confounded—that was uh, a very uh, common thesis of the time. But error is a uh, is an interestingly restrained word in that context uh, by Mr. Dunbar. That will almost do it for today's show. We will have our traditional Easter observances all weekend long. Victor Hugo and Notre Dame de Paris and Mel Gibson and the Passion of the Christ and Irving Berlin and Easter Parade. And we hope one or three of those will tempt you. After all that muscular Christianity, let us close with something a little more contemplative. Allegri's miserere mei Deus, have mercy on me, O God. Uh, the composer's famous setting of the 51st Psalm, written for the Sistine Chapel Choir to use during Holy Week, circa 1638-ish. Uh, well, a couple of years after William Dunbar's death. Uh, most of it is for alternating choirs of five and four voices, but here they come together for the beautiful polyphonic finale. Quaniam si walusis sacrificium dedicem utique holocaustis non delectabari sacrificium deo spiritus contribulatus cor et humiliatum deus. Non despicies, benigne fac domine, in bono voluntata tuacion ut aide ficentur muri Jerusalem, tunc acceptabi sacrificium justitiae oblationes et holocausta, tunc imponent super altare tuum vitulo. So, as the Book of Common Prayer has it, For thou desirest no sacrifice, else would I give it thee. But thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifice of God is a troubled spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, shalt thou not despise. O be favourable and gracious unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased. With the sacrifice of righteousness, with the burnt offerings and oblations, then shall they offer young bullocks upon thine altar. Indeed. Happy Easter. Happy Passover. Stay safe. Stay free. The Mark Stein Show is a production of Mark Stein Enterprises and Oak Hill Media. All rights reserved.